welcome back to this week's episode. Glad that you could join me again. And this month is really special. It is December, obviously, um, if you haven't looked at the calendar in the last couple of days. But it is December, and as a tradition, I am reading the book of Luke. I started it a few years ago. Um, last year, I was really disciplined and obedient and really... Every single day I got into the book of Luke and didn't get distracted with my own personal study and things like that. And my nephew actually challenged me along with some other ladies in our women's ministry. And it was just so good to see what God showed all of us um, specifically throughout reading the book of Luke. And I'm so excited to share that with you uh, this year. It will probably be something that I do every December. I don't know, uh, just because it is a big part of my study and what I'm doing here in my household. Um, And it's important to me. But before we get into the book of Luke, um, chapter one and two today, I did want to kind of tell you a little bit about like back history of it. Um, he wrote, Luke obviously is the author of this. I mean, if you didn't figure that out, um, I'm going to be praying extra for you, but it's okay. Uh, he also wrote the book of Acts in which they kind of do coincide with each other. Luke was also a doctor. So throughout reading the chapters, you're going to see a lot about him mentioning sickness and healing. Um, He was also known to be one of the known Gentile authors in the New Testament, which is a cool fun fact. Um, And the book is actually kind of split into three different categories. If you've read it before, you've kind of, you know, you probably can already tell, but The first section is more of the birth and the preparation for Jesus. And the second part is more of his ministry and his message. Uh, The third part is obviously the part that is going to hit home for all of us and really make us appreciate him just a little bit more, even though we've heard the story. And it's going to be about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Um, I love being able to be dedicated on one book for a solid month to study. Um, A lot of times I'm kind of like a squirrel when I study. I'm kind of all over whatever I feel led to read in that moment. But this is actually something that I I strive to be better at. Um, It's a goal I want to start being able to dig into one specific book at a time and just really digging apart um, what I'm reading and building my relationship with Christ a little bit stronger. Um, it's just a goal that I have in mind. Am I still going to squirrel? Absolutely. That's me. That's who I am. It is what it is. Uh, but if you got your Bibles, go ahead and get into Luke 1. I'm not going to read every scripture word for word, but I am going to pick apart some of the scriptures that really stuck out to me and just kind of elaborate a little bit on it. Um, if there is anything that I am saying or you guys have questions about, make sure that you go to my Facebook page and you put in the comments below questions you might have about, let's start an open discussion about this. This is a great book to have that open discussion. And I encourage you to, um, how I am challenging you, I challenge you to challenge someone else. You can do it. Um, I know you can. And just be the light out there. Just continue to spread God's word. Um, spread his love and his kindness throughout wherever you're at um, in school or your workplace or just in your home or in the community within the church. Um, I mean, you never know what someone is going through. And just by you speaking God's light into their life could make a drastic change. 
Um, so if you have your notepads out, go ahead and get ready. I'm going to be, uh, like I said, reading certain scripture and just branching off. Luke 1 does have a lot of good moments, so it was really hard for me to try to highlight and make sticky notes on exactly what I wanted to jot down. But um, going in, head in, diving in, uh, verse 5 through 7 introduces us to Elizabeth. You know, she is the wife of Zechariah, who, who, which... Um, we hear mostly in this first part. Um, she is also a woman in the Bible who is un- infertile. You know, she is one of the many women that cannot conceive but God. And that's what I say, just but God. Because as you read, you see that God's promises are fulfilled. Verse 7 through 13, I did want to read. Um, because I, I just want to be able to, for you to visualize, because I know a lot of you listen to me while you're on at the gym or whether you're driving or whatever. So obviously I do not expect you to whip out your Bible while doing those things. Uh, but verse, uh, seven through 13 is what I'm going to read. And it says, but that they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen, remember that word chosen, by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of the incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid. If you are reading along with me, underline that, do not be afraid. Um, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear, will, I underline that, bear you a son, and you were called to him, and you will call him John. So... I talk a lot about prayer on the podcast and encourage so many of you to do it. I do it because it's important. It is a crucial thing that you must do to grow your relationship and your communication with the Father. So just like Elizabeth being in an impossible situation due to her age, God still blessed her with, you know, with her and Zachariah's heart desired, simply a child. You know, that is something that me and my husband, we long for. But because of the PCOS and the endomyosis, it unfortunately is not in our cards. We could definitely do everything and try and it could happen, but it is very, very slim chance. And I think we're just now in that point in our life that we're kind of on the fence about it. Like if it happens, it happens. If not, great. We can travel once Jaden is done with high school and in college and all of those amazing things. Um, so it, it sucks because, you know, you want something so bad, but sometimes it doesn't happen. But there's a reason for it. Um, and I am so grateful and blessed with the life that I have and blessed with the children God has given us as spiritual children. Again, I don't have to pay for their college, so God is looking out for me. Uh, but, what you know, when we go into prayer and... We ask God for certain things or to handle certain situations. He doesn't always respond as quickly as he did here with an angel here in the text. But there are some times that we just must wait. 
And it's during those wait times we must remember not to take matters into our own hands, but to trust in him and his timing. As if you know the story of Sarah, she kind of took matters into her own hands and told her husband to sleep with the maid. Well, we just all know how the story comes. Jealousy and all of that shenanigans arose. That will be on a different episode. (laughs) But a fun fact here uh, is the angel that is named Gabriel told Elizabeth that the child's name will be John. And John means, uh, I had to look it up. It says, it means the Lord is gracious. So for me, I wish kind of an angel would have told me to name what to name my daughter. You know, that would have been so much easier than spending those countless hours trying to make sure her first and middle name flowed correctly. And just that it meant something to me and it wasn't just me throwing a name together. Uh, <laughs> if you are still following along with me in your Bible, verse 20 is about Gabriel silencing Zechariah because he did not believe him that the blessing was coming. So for nine months, Zechariah could not speak. I wonder in those nine months if Elizabeth was kind of grateful for it. Like, I can't imagine my husband not speaking for nine months. Well, I guess I can. I don't know. I think it would be great for a little while, but then I think it would get kind of lonely. So I don't know how she kind of felt. You know, I thought I actually stopped for a minute to think about that. But in a sense, too, what I was thinking about is sometimes we need to be silent and we need to be still and we need to just listen. And during those silence moments, I do believe breakthroughs come. I believe that clear visions happen. And I do believe that we get an understanding of things. And it is a strength of our faith in believing that God is going to fill his promises to us. And we just have to wait and be patient. Verse 27, skipping down just a few. This is God sending Gabriel to meet Mary. This is the first time that we hear about her being a virgin who uh, is married to Joseph. Gabriel tells Mary simply that she will become pregnant and she will bear a son whose name's who his name will be Jesus and he will be called the son of the most highest. Um, I think that's awesome. I try to picture Mary's face in that moment. It's probably like a are you me? Why me? Like all of these emotions in her face that she could have made. I try to think about it. Like how would I react if if the Holy Spirit told me that? Uh, verse 33 says his kingdoms will never end. I love reading that. I read it over and over a couple times and I cannot imagine what Mary had felt in that moment, being a virgin, never to have been with a man and being told she will become pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Again, here is where you can bring up that word chosen. She was chosen by God to carry out his will. Verse 57 is where we read that John was born. And a couple of verses later in 64, it says, and I'm going to read it here. Let me get to it. It says, immediately, and this is talking about Zechariah, his mouth was open and from his tongue set free, he began to speak, praising God. So this is the first time that Zechariah could speak since he was silenced by the angel Gabriel. The first thing he did is simply so beautiful. He praised God. And I started to think like, thinking of these questions I could ask you guys. And I was like, what can I ask them? What can I, what can I repeat? What can I say? And I just want you to think like, 
Have you ever been in silence and finally get a breakthrough? What was the first thing that you did? Did you thank God? Was it something that you were like, man, I couldn't have done that on my own. Like that had to be all God. If you have never done that or haven't done it in a specific moment, I want you to try it. Try it in the future. Whenever you get a breakthrough, whenever God does something for you, I want you to immediately praise him and allow the blessings through the breakthrough to happen. It is so important to be to do that and just to simply tell him thank you. And we can do that in prayer as well is when we go into prayer is opening it up, inviting the spirit and then thanking him for all that he has done and all the things that he is going to do. Jumping real quick to verse 80. I know that's kind of at the end, uh, but it's something that I feel that I personally can relate to right now in the season that I am. And I'm going to read it. It says, and the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to the Israel. So here it goes. John went into the wilderness where he was isolated from everyone so that he could only focus on the message from God. He wasn't around any political powers that could influence his judgment of the message. He wasn't hanging around certain people that could give him, uh, kind of distract him from the vision that God wanted him to have. And I love that. And I love that right now. I kind of feel like I'm in that season, like a season of isolation. I don't know if any of you are out there feeling like that. And I'm not talking about an isolation of uh, being in a depression state. But I'm talking about isolation from things that used to keep me away from spending time with God and in the word. And and really just um, also isolation to not be distracted and to be able to write lessons and write notes and get things together for the podcast and for uh, the ministries I'm involved in and for just my spiritual health, my spiritual strength, you know. I feel like the last couple weeks I've been on a writing rampage, you know, not so much for this podcast specifically, but like I said, for my own personal study and growth. I love not being distracted from everything. Removing distractions and isolating could be the best thing for you at times. You know, it could be what you need to have those intimate moments with Christ. And I encourage you that if you are not already spending some quiet time or don't have that set up in your schedule, I encourage you to do that. It is so important for you to really have the intimate moment with Christ so that you're able to be vulnerable and to allow your emotions to flow um, and just to be aligned with the cross in those moments. So moving into Luke 2, the beginning of Luke 2 goes right into Jesus being born. But it's the underlining thing that you read through, through verse 5 and 7. It doesn't say that Joseph took Mary to a five-star hospital with all the essentials that she needed. But just simply that she wrapped him, and this is him being Jesus, in cloth. And she placed him in a manger because there were no rooms available for them. 
So we all know that when we read that Mary placed him in a manger, a manger is known to be used for feeding troughs for animals. So we know that this would have taken place probably in a barn and of course filled with animals and such. So it wasn't a clean environment. It wasn't all tidy and she was not given um, anything, an epidural. So kudos to you, Mary. Uh, You know, and even though the surroundings were not probably what they had intended, Joseph and Mary didn't lose track of the bigger picture. And I think sometimes we get put in those situations like that, that we don't seem like God can make miracles happen, but staying focused and keeping our faith and trust aligned with his word and his will, he will come through for us each and every time. God sometimes uses our lowest situations and circumstances to propel the biggest blessings ahead of for us. You know, I've learned that throughout um, time being a believer that he has used so many things in my life um, for blessings. He has used relationships that have ended, loss of finances to re- to just reveal to me what is important in my life. You know, I would not change anything that I've been through because I would not have had those intimate moments with him. And neither should you. Regret nothing in life. And I, I say that with a kind heart. Regret nothing, no matter what it is. But just learn from it. Grow from it. Choose to find the joy in those situations. Think about what came out of those low situations. What blessings did God reveal to you? And if you're a note taker, just write a couple out real quick. What blessings did God reveal to you in those low moments, in those circumstances? And if you are one who is following along in with the Bible, turn to verse 42. It states here that this is the age of Jesus Jesus, while explaining that every year his parent went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And it says here that he was at the age of 12. And you can read also just a side note about the reasoning of the festival of Passover and it's in Exodus 12. There are three important times of the year that all everyone would come together and the Passover was the most important. Uh, And I'm going to read, and it's going to be quite a long verse, but it's going to be verses 43 through 51. So if you have your Bibles, listen up. It says, After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him along with their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who had heard him was amazed at his understanding at his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have anxiously been searching for you. Jesus replies, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had been in the father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all the things in her heart. So even though this is a short verse, 
couple of verses, it seems long. There's so much good stuff that we can really go off of and just binge read and binge soak up. And uh, meaning, when I say like binge reading, I'm meaning like finding other scriptures that pertain to it. If you have a Bible that has reference scriptures on the side, definitely, definitely use those for verses that stick out to you. But going back to verse 47, I want to just reread it real quick. It says, everyone who heard was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So even though he was 12, his knowledge and his wisdom was so impressive to those around him. For me, you know, I am younger than some women within our church and in our women's ministry. So that kind of scared me a little bit for a while. I haven't really shared that with anybody, but I was a little intimidated. I felt like for a a little bit of time that I wouldn't be able to reach them because of my age and not just because of my heart. You know, it was a transformation that the spirit really had to do works on within my spirit. Um, with each lesson I spoke on, or even just little encouragement words of wisdom here and there, I started noticing that the relationship between these older women, um, becoming relationships that I really needed in my life. And I think, again, that's all God. He had a hand in it. It's all a part of his will. It's all a part of the blessings. And I hope that you don't allow your age or the age of someone else to deter you from a blessing. Uh, On verse 49, it says, I'm going to reread it. And it's Jesus saying, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's home? House, I'm sorry, in my father's house. So this is the first time that Jesus is mentioning he is the son of God. His parents didn't understand why he referred to the temple as my father's house. They knew he was chosen, um, you know, like they were from God, but they didn't know of his mission here on earth. And throughout scripture, on for the next 18 years or so, uh, Jesus' life isn't recorded and it isn't, but we do know that he had a normal upbringing with other siblings, just like you and I, um, he started to learn carpentry work while working with Joseph. He grew up being so relatable to us, going through being a teenager and going through all those things and then into a young adult. And then from there, going into his calling. So I do have to admit um, that I went ahead and kept reading. It just happens. It happens. I lost track of time and I just couldn't stop. I'm so in love with this book and all over again. And I love how rereading it and digging it apart again, I'm I'm starting to see different things in a different perspective. You know, reading chapter one and two, there are just little things that I never truly stopped to notice or dig deep into the first couple times, you know. And I hope that as you're reading through this, you are finding things like that that stick out to you. Things that give you hope in the situation by reading and understanding through the wait time a little bit better. That when God doesn't respond to our prayers immediately, there is a reason for it. So if you are one of my journalers who are taking notes, I want you to write down the things that stuck out to you while reading chapter 1 and 2. Go back and look into Exodus 12 regarding the reasoning for the festival of Passover. Get into prayer. Light some incense. That's something that um, I have kind of started doing. I don't do it all the time, but it is kind of just something that I've been implementing. Maybe do that. Maybe get in that moment. Um, If you're able to, get on your knees. Lay down on the floor. Just 
bow down and humble yourself um, in the presence of the Spirit. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned to next week's episode. Like I said, we will be going into the book of Luke all this month. So make sure that you're continuing to read. If you miss a day, just catch up. There's no big deal about it. Um, I know life happens, but don't fall too far behind to where you get overwhelmed and you just quit. But um, if you guys have questions, you know, you can always reach me on any social media platform. And as always, be blessed and stay focused.